I do want to share with our listeners that we have gone all in on converting one of our spaces into an exhibition space. Studio 62 will have art exhibitions every month, so each first Friday, stop by Studio 62 at 2729 North 62nd Street in the Benson neighborhood, as well as check out AC at Trudy's for more First Friday exhibitions. Welcome, beautiful. everyone, to another very special episode of Arts and Crafts. This is the special Minnesota episode. As the whole AC, not the whole AC crew, but the Arts and Crafts crew, uh, plus another AC member, is with us in Minnesota. Um, we're in the northeastern section of Minneapolis, and we've been having a great time. <laughs> I think we've been having a good time. <laughs> I think we've been having a blast. <laughs> but anyways, we're we're distributing the beers right now. so We've had um, plenty of beers, that's for sure. With me, as always, is Ben Matukovitz, Reed Doling. And a special guest, Ross Doling. That's right. They have the same last name, <laughs> but they're not related. We're married. <laughs> <laughs> so we only have three mics with four of us, so we're going to be trying to pass the mics back and forth. So Ross almost just broke protocol right away. Did you see that? <laughs> Did he, he immediately tried to open the yeah. door. <laughs> yeah. <That's... sighs> what beer do we have today? We're just going to get right into it. Today we have a... Uda Pills. Uda Pills Brewery. It is a, uh, it's called Ewald the Golden, Bavarian style Hefeweizen. Have we had a Hef? Oh, we, I brought that raspberry Hef. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we've had a regular A regular old Hef. Old hef. Over 1,000 years ago, the sainted brothers Ewald sought to enlighten the Germans. Today, our brewmaster, affectionately named Ewald, aims to share the joy of delicious Bavarian wheat beer with you in this hazy and heavenly Hefeweizen. That finishes with a bubbly foam halo, brimming with the aromas of banana and clove. I hate banana. Off the top of my head, that's just, just what kidding. I'm guessing it's going to taste like. Banana and clove? <laughs> <laughs> Those are two things that, like, you put any, you put banana, just a little bit of banana, it's going to be banana. Bananas. It's the only thing you're going to taste. It's going to be bananas. bananas. But anyways, let's get them cracked. Crack I saw that spilling all over the couch we're sitting on. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't. With your with your uh, track record of opening beer cans. Whoa. <coughs> Ross can't handle the beer. The banana. Guys, I don't think I'm going to make it. This is a tasty Hefeweizen. Should we play the guessing game of how many IBUs it is? Nobody look on your can this time. Nope, nope. Don't look at the can. <laughs> <laughs> As you stare at your can, I'm mm. gonna say 18. Um, I'm gonna say 20. Read beer. Let me take another sip. Um, how about uh, for the listeners who don't know what IBU, IBV, IBU? How about for the guests <laughs> who don't know what IBU is? <laughs> International bitterness units. Oh, so like an a, a, a IPA. <clears throat> An IPA would be much higher because of all the bitterness. Mm. Probably like forty-five and up. My mother-in-law is like a <laughs> like a four hundred. <laughs> right, exactly. You you got it. So, John, what did you say? Eighteen. Yeah, I guessed eighteen. But yeah. I, did you look at the can? No, I didn't. Uh, I looked at the can, but I didn't. I can't. I couldn't tell you uh, where that IBU thing is on here. Was well, I right? The, I don't know, but the, that's. Probably what I'm... I'm guessing somewhere between 15 and 20. Okay, give me a number, though. 
It's a game, you see. Yeah, it's 17. <laughs> it's a game, you oh, see. Oh, man. I'm going to guess 14. You suck. You look at <laughs> It's 14. 14. Oh, my goodness. Oh, 14, man. I view. It's not bitter by it. I don't yeah. think it, it. No. And it's, it's got a, a touch of maltiness, and that yes. might be where some yeah. where any bitterness might come in. But it's not it's not that malty of a hef. Mm-mm. It's actually one of the more flavorful hefs. I went on a hef tour recently. In other well, words, every brewery I went to, I'd get self, a hef. Self-proclaimed hef Self-proclaimed hef tour. I'd get a hef everywhere I went. None mm-hmm. of them were quite this... Incredible. Yeah, this, I, this is this is one of the better hefts I've had. Yeah. This is a, We're going to have to be bringing these back. There's, yeah. some, there's some creaminess to this one. Yes. There's some creaminess. There's enough banana to not... It's, it's almost not all banana. Like the Nebraska Brewing Company hefts all banana. I don't think I've had theirs. That's like that's just the only... That's the real like traditional hef I've had. Yeah, this one's kind of more like hazy and heavenly and finishes with a bubbly foam halo brimming with the aromas of banana and clove, I would say, is how I, I would, would say, put it. Yeah. You know? This would be a good shower beer, mm-hmm. I think. I just took a shower. Maybe I should have. There's an episode idea. There's an episode idea. Everyone, well, we'll have four showers or whatever. You'll each be in your own shower, but everyone's got a mic in the shower and a beer. No, I mean, we might as well <laughs> all just. It. We might as well all just be sitting in the sauna. If well, that's not a shower. I know it's not a shower, but like. But it'd be the sauna, same effect, wouldn't it? Sauna beers aren't a thing. I don't know. We could do a hot tub beer. We'll make them a thing. Isn't like the point of a shower beer to alleviate depression? Well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I've never had a beer in the shower. Oh, it's glorious. Like I drink beer in the shower just because, like, that's where ooh, I'm, it, I'm having a beer in the shower. But like, there's you beer drink, enthusiasts that you drink beer in the shower so nobody will bother you while you're drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's people that drink beer in the shower who do it. I think because like the the humidity in the shower mm-hmm. or it, it like opens up your sinuses in a way that you yeah. can taste it better. So a sauna might work. It might just outside in the Midwest. I heard a thing that when you're nice. sniffing like alcohol, not sniffing alcohol, oh, but when I you're like when you're trying to get like a, a flavor profile from just like a, a smell, you have to keep your mouth open too because that connection between like your your smell and your taste is. So when you keep it your works. mouth open, it's a little bit more of an accurate. Yeah. I don't know if it's all BS or not, but well, hmm, it is all beer sniffing. Nice, that was really good. Yeah, I think there's truth to that. This is just, I'm enjoying this beer way too much. Should have gotten a hundred of these. We really should have. I usually don't want to get anything that's a, a tall boy because I'm like, I don't, by the time I get 75% way through, uh, it's warm and I'm done with it. And this is like, <laughs> I just want like a growler of this to sip from. Why Why is that? What, what specifically about this? This beer? Yeah. Like, why is this one different? Mm, there's so the flavor profile is like dense enough that I don't think it is in danger of not being good mm. after like 20 minutes. Like sometimes if you open a beer and it's like a uh, think of like a a raspberry. What was that thing we had the other day? Raspberry or something. It's like some of those like really flavor forward beers. Once 
once you get like halfway through them and they get warm, they're just like way too like tart and syrupy and mm. you're not talking about the saison yesterday. Mm. That wasn't raspberry. Mm. Then. Okay, yeah, I guess it was a grapefruit or something, but it was apricot and peach. Okay, well, <laughs> so close. Well, it was some kind <laughs> of fruited beverage. But yeah, that's I felt the same <laughs> way. Yeah, it was just uh, it was good. It was just like I don't know. After a certain point, I was like, "Well, that's enough yeah. of that." I think for me with this, it's the what Reed pointed out. It's kind of the, the creamy side of this, yeah. mm-hmm. where it's not just mm-hmm. like a, it's not a, um, it's not as much malty mm-hmm. hoppiness to it's, this it's half right. that right. I've had in the there's, past. It, there's a good balance to it. Um, like Ben said, a dense flavor. Yeah. Um, there's something more than just <clears throat> it's a balanced beer, like. Uh, it's flavorful. It's creamy. Yeah, it's dense. Smooth. It's smooth as heck. My God. Yeah. Too bad we can only each have one. Yeah. What did? What was this? <laughs> we screwed that up. So much for. Didn't we try and get two? I did two actually. Packs? We did try to get two. Yeah. We bought them out, and they only had a one pack. Darn. Well, this is delicious. Speaking of delicious. Speaking of delicious. <laughs> what you know? What's delicious? Our topic today. <laughs> mm. <laughs> John's so good at that. Cheese and crackers. Uh, Our guest has left, so we got to choose a new topic. <laughs> Our topic today is uh, sharing your work. I believe is what we settled on. Unless about to find out. About to find out. <laughs> but uh, we we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think we've talked about this in the past, but maybe it was off mic. But um, I think that we, as a group, we've talked about sharing our work a lot, and mm-hmm. I mean especially with. I mean, having first Fridays, you have to be comfortable with the idea of sharing your work. And mm-hmm. um, I think Exarbent Creative as a whole, that's almost like one of almost like the, we don't have a mission statement, but if you did have like a bullet point of things that AC wants to promote, it'd be sharing work of local yeah. artists and giving someone the tools and the gallery to actually display their art yeah. and the means to do so. So I think this is a really important topic for not just us, but if you're any sort of artist that has created things and just kind of been sitting on what you've created. I think this is going to be a really interesting topic that you'll really enjoy. So, I, hope uh, so. I think we're ready to dive into it. Huh? Anyone have any pressing questions or any direction we want to take this off the bat? Well, I had I had kind of a thought that might maybe blossom this. So, I mean, you already mentioned that like Exarbin Creative exists in a way to to kind of help give. Um, a platform to people to share their work. It creates opportunities to share your work. It, it kind of gives you a chance to be part of a community that is sharing work. So what I was kind of thinking is we could all kind of dive into maybe, you know, how you came to find your your place in the creative community sharing your work and maybe, you know, whether or not Exarbon Creative was part of that or not. But the reason I want to talk about this with Ross as our guest is because he is a comedian in Omaha, and a lot of what Ross does is like being forced to share his work basically on a daily basis, whether he's doing stand-up comedy or improv comedy. The performance is happening in that moment, so like that is when you have to share your work. Whereas John, you kind of have the choice. You know, to say, all right, I'm ready to share this thing I made. Read kind of the same thing. You have a choice to say, 
I'm going to share my artwork. I'm going to have a, a showing or whatever. I kind of have that too, unless it's like design work with a client where it's kind of like, well, it's going to be shared because they need the work. Right. But so I, th- I, that was the direction I had in mind was just maybe compare and contrast, write a five uh, paragraph essay on why, <laughs> on what <laughs> exorbitant creative means to you. Uh, no. So that, that, uh, so take it away. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I like that. And I think, and I'm not trying to speak for you, Ross, but also like, I'm like, not going to hand you the mic either no. though. <laughs> no, 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 what I'm saying, I was trying to relate to what Ben just said. Like, you know, if you're always like someone, like you say you're a comedian and someone says, Oh, tell a joke. Mm, Try to be funny. Mm-hmm. I say someone, you know, someone's a producer. I'm like, okay, you can listen to my music. And I don't have to be right in front of you when you're doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I think there's just um, added pressure to that. And I think it'd be interesting to hear about how that's affected you or if it's something you, you enjoy the pressure or, or just any general thoughts on that at all. Um, well, I, I guess I don't really know if I view like, like, let's say, I, I, I suppose I don't really feel pressure, like for the most part during like an, in, in like an open mic setting, Mm -hmm. but like what you were saying, John, once it's like, tell me a joke, make me (laughs) laugh. Um, I think that like, I, I get really fussy about that because yeah. like like John was saying um as a music producer he can just share a link to where they can listen right. to it and um like I don't really have any videos out yet yeah I I it's think it's kind of like come to my come to my next event yeah yeah <laughs> there's like a live I think it's frustrating for people that want a little bit of a taste, mm-hmm. but then they have to put all this effort to like go to a an open mic or a show. Whereas, um, I think what AC has done well is like making whatever work is being shown fairly accessible to anyone, mm-hmm. whether it's online or in person and I, I guess that's uh that's like a thing yeah is i hope so <laughs> that's the goal well, well right um, like i guess i don't mean to interrupt but i but that's your thing if, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I i'd say you're not i don't sick. mean to interrupt but i'll do it um yeah like what you are doing isn't necessarily a visual art Mm-hmm. So it's like it's performance art, if anything, right? But unless you've curated a, all these videos, which you haven't, to yeah. like point people towards, it's like you have to perform on the spot. But I know, like, just from being around you, that's difficult for you. Well, I'd say like it's, it's difficult for any comedian, right? I'd I'd imagine it's kind of like a like a rule or like like a underlying mentality as comedians you don't have to like you shouldn't like tell jokes like if somebody demands it mm-hmm. yeah it it's like a boundary like i I read in a book once like from a comedian like always say no because it's not like the actual it's not like what you do 
like stand-up comedy is like a different thing than like making someone like telling a joke yeah. out in the wild i right, guess right and like even if you do your material it's still gonna have a totally different feel it's not a performance yeah i saw something even once about comedians shouldn't uh like be posting jokes on twitter you know like Oh. Which is why so many comedians' Twitter is just like, here's my shows coming up. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, again, the point, their job, the thing that they are doing, they're passionate about, is to perform for you. So you're not just going to go to your Twitter account and read all the jokes you're going to hear on stage. Yeah. Yeah, th- it's like uh, like in sharing your work, I think like I'm pretty good about going to open mics and like going to shows and... yeah. Like, what not, and, like, showing my work in that way. Right. But then, once it comes to, like, maybe posting a video of an open mic I did, or just any set or something, or, like, posting a funny joke, I get, like, I have reservations about it, because it, like, on, so, like, let's say it is showing my work, I guess. And that's what we're trying to do as artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry that, well, I guess I don't really worry. I don't even think about it, to be honest, until like discussions about showing work come up. <laughs> Subconsciously. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe I should post a video. But then I never remember to take a video. Well, it seems like you're so present in the experience that's yeah. taking place each night that to you there doesn't even seem to be a an interest it mm-hmm. like seems like you'd be like yeah that'd be nice to have you know footage of my material or something but yeah that it's like that's not the thing that's not what you're trying to share what you're trying to share is that moment that people can come be a part of yeah yeah exactly I mean, like um with like what you and I do Ben it's like if someone were to ask us what we do and we're like well we're visual artists and they're like okay paint me a picture and they (laughs) don't like okay well more goes into it than just like scribbling on a piece of paper or throwing paint on a canvas yeah there's more intention behind it and it's like okay let's have a conversation about what you want then or with john it's like i'm a producer okay make me make me some music yeah it's like well, yeah. it's gonna Throw take a beat real quick. It's gonna yeah. take some time. Yeah, but with Ross, it's or comedians, it's tell me a joke, and it's like a suit. It's a the assumption is that they've got something ready. Yeah. Well, it's you it's know? frustrating, I imagine, because it's like a test. It's right. like, oh yeah, you're funny. Prove it, prove it to me. Prove yeah. that you're funny, and you're right. Like that's not really asked of other creatives mm-hmm. or artists yeah. in the same way. It's kind of like. Okay, I'll trust that you are, and then I'll try to see your work sometime. Yeah. Which is how it probably should be with a comedian. Yeah, it's like, well, is there somewhere where I can find your work? Or do you, what What can I, where are you performing next? Yeah. As opposed to, okay, what, prove it. Prove that you're yeah. funny. Um, so, yeah. I think, like, one of the big differences that I see is, like, for Ross and for other comedians and performers... I have this feeling in my mind that it's like they have the benefit of being able to just show up and perform and do the work in that moment 
Whereas like the three of us, like I said, we kind of have to choose to share our work. Mm -hmm. However, Ross has to choose to show up every day. And I know that we've talked about that before going from like starting out like, Oh, I guess I'll do these open mics to now where it's actually very impressive how much you push yourself to show up at like everything you can. It seems like every single night you have something going on, even if it's just like an improv class or a, a practice or something. But the challenge I think is the same for all artists, all creatives. Like you have to make that choice to show up and actually like yeah. follow through and share your work in that yeah, way. I, I think um, I benefit from, like I'm, I'm not necessarily. I think stand up and improv are like the one of the handful of things I'm actually disciplined about, <laughs> and I benefit a lot from yeah. that. Like on improv, I there's like a team mm-hmm. that I'm a part of, so like you have to do right by the team, and in stand up, if it's like a show. I'll be like on the poster for it in no, advance. No, you have to be, and it? it's like, well, I can't back out now. Yeah, and I say this today after missing two <laughs> improv <laughs> things well, you're, and you're backing out of a show. What? Uh, that's like the one time. Yeah, <laughs> the one time. Sure, <laughs> those three events. That's the one time. What was it but, like though to get to the point where you can have that uh, discipline though? Like, I think at first I would just try to go to all the stuff just uh, just because, like, Jerry Seinfeld would say to. Yeah. Like, all, like any, every comedian that's, like, successful, it's like, you got to do it every day. You got to write every day. I don't, I don't necessarily write every day, but, like, I try to get up on stage as much as possible. Like, I think you just kind of, like, get into the rhythm of it. Then it's hard to break it, yeah. Or it's like weird. I think I'm at a point where I don't even know what else to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like I could buy shoes or something. <laughs> yeah. I need a new pair of shoes pretty bad. <laughs> but instead of doing that, I'll just like do another set. <laughs> you barefoot. Um, um, well, also like, there's like if you don't show up to a mic, people will be like, "Where? What the hell?" Where yeah. are you? I think it's almost kind of like a cult. I was going to say the community aspect seems strong, but different. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's certainly a presence, but it's it's kind of a weird... I don't know. I'm an outsider to it, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd say... Like, it definitely borders on toxic sometimes. <laughs> but overall, it's pretty positive. It's just yeah, people it's, trying to hold each other accountable right. and... Right making sure that you're pushing yourself and it's like, it's good, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else. I, I think what I was going to say basically was that the fact that there's um like, it is live and it is whatever you do then makes it easier to make the choice to, for me to like go do it. Mm-hmm. Cause all I have to do is show up. Which is terrifying to everybody else. Yeah, but for me, it's terrifying to like plan 
yeah like a bit like a date that i'm gonna have like a project done right and then well we know like make <laughs> break it down into little steps to actually achieve it yeah so it's easier for me just to show up at I'll a just place show up and be funny yeah um so okay so the flip side of that then is something like what john does like how do you i guess how do you decide it's time to share your work because that like <laughs> we know how terrifying that can be but you seem to have gotten pretty good at like all right the single's coming out this day boom here it is like, how do you know when it's how do you know when it's done yeah so yeah that's a great i was thinking about this earlier this week um kind of in preparation for this it was like how do you know when a piece of work is done and there's a really good indie game it's full circle but it's, i'm gonna start kind of at a weird part but okay. there's this really good indie game developer named phil fish kind of a psychopath but phenomenal phenomenal game developer and he, yeah he de- 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 developed fez which is a masterpiece of a game uh but when he started the game i think it was like eight years in development something like that he was doing all the art for it and it was all pixel art stuff and he said when i first started you know you're, you're bad at art like he just wasn't good at that side of things mm-hmm. and so he would do all the pixel art Two years later, he'd still be developing the game. He'd be like, oh, I've gotten better at this. Let me go redo all the assets. Oh. Two years later, he would do the same thing. So yeah. it's like, it's hard to find a point where you're like, okay, I just need to release it. Because when mm-hmm. you, all you do is look at the same thing over and over again, you're just going to keep seeing things that need to be changed. Right. And so my metric for when something is ready to be released is if I'm like, if I'm not working on the song and like later that night, I'm just like thinking about it. I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to listen to that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well if someone who's been looking at this for three months says, Oh, I kind of want to listen to it. It's probably ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that's something that that's just kind of the metric that I, that I use. I don't know if that translates to any other medium outside of music. I don't know if you just kind of sit and think, I I'd bet, love to look at does. this. Yeah. I'd love to look at this piece of work that I put together right now. But mm-hmm. I know it works for music. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm working on something. I kind of want to listen to that song, but I'm in, or I'm in my car. I want to put my song on, but it's like, right. oh, I should probably release this then. Very egotistical, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you do you yeah, ever? I don't know if I'd consider it like egotistical, yeah, it but joke. Like, <laughs> that's a very good. There is some I like truth that in all jest, though. You got to make <laughs> stuff that you like. Right. Instead yeah. of like, is it good enough? I don't know if I like it, but maybe it's <laughs> like you have to have like a, a feel for like your expression and its commonalities with um, everyone, like an audience, I guess. Yeah. Well, at that point, I think some of that, though, you kind of have to trust yourself on that a mm-hmm. little bit. So, so like Ross has the dates that he's like, I got to go show up at these dates We'll get into Reed's thing in a minute, but he kind of has a similar, like, okay, the if he has, like, an exhibition, it's this time. John, do you ever have, like, do you ever maybe predetermine a date in order to get yourself to, like, wrap up a song? Or is it the other way around where, like, this is ready, now I'll pick a date to release it? So it's kind of a, a give and take with both of those. Like, I'll set a goal for myself. I'll be like, okay, I want to get, um, I want to ha- have a song out in the fall. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I start thinking about, or start trying to putting something together for that. Like um, going back, the one that just came out on all streaming services now <laughs> uh, was actually a song that was in. I think it was in one of your the soundscape for abstracting nature. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, I just did a few different edits to it. <laughs> but um, and so I would say I was like, okay, well, I want to get a release out in fall. 
I should probably write something new, but I, I really, really like this track that I've already written. And so I basically mm-hmm. just kind of did some mixing and some different effects, to, you know, just change a few things. But I was like, this is ready to go. And so I would say that I set a goal for myself to get myself to work. And then if I re- if I create something that I like, I'll either move it up or I'll push it back depending on if it needs more polish or if it's ready to go. But I wouldn't say I set like a date like, OK, November in November, I have to release an EP. Right. Um, I don't really do that as much as I do just setting up a regular time frame or a broad time frame. Just you just need something to get going. You know what I mean? Yeah, Sometimes that so. seems like a really healthy balance. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm not killing myself. I'm like, oh, the due dates in two weeks. You know, it's <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, that's something Ben and I have discussed a bit. Is like, um, are should we be creating work for a specific date, like a specific show? Or should we create work and then curate a show mm. after a number of works have and been You just completed. have a collection of works to choose from. Right. It's like, okay, well, I ha- all my work kind of fits this theme. Yeah. Let's make a show around that. I um, think there's a, you can find a balance between those right. two. And, but for me, it's like, I don't know if I'd be creating as much if I didn't have a specific thing in mind before I start creating. You know, like... Like a theme or a show. Yeah, like yeah. with Abstracting Nature, it was always planned to be a series of yeah. um, abstract illustrations surrounding the seasons and geometry and nature. Yeah. And uh, um, with the upcoming show, Amidst the Uncertainty, it's like, well, the goal is to produce a number of works in that theme, mm-hmm. like with that idea in mind, as opposed to all my work seems to fit this. Now, let me find a time and place to show it. But I think we can do that. I can do that because I'm part of this collective that has a space to show as opposed to I need to go out and find a spot and show my work before they choose whether or not to show my work. Like you said, it's a, it'll be a balance. It, in the future, we'll certainly get to that point. Um, but something I've struggled with over the last year or so is just deciding whether to start with a series in mind or just create work and then figure it out later. But, yeah. Ross, have you... I feel like you said you've had a couple shows where there's kind of a uh, a theme or something that you have to come in and match or at least maybe you're playing a certain character or something uh, uh how does that change your approach when it's because like reed is reed reed and i have talked about like what if we in the future set themes for shows and then artists can create for those shows so how does that change your approach as a comedian when it's like someone's like all right the theme of the show is that you got to show up as a pencil and tell jokes as a pencil and then that kind of adds sort of a a different element to your approach, I imagine. Yeah, like I've done a couple um, like Halloween shows where you have to like wear a costume and like be that character. And once I was a pencil and so like I told jokes from the perspective of a pencil. <laughs> and like the next one I was... Charlie Brown with hair. (laughs) (laughs) 
but so like the pencil one i i was just like well what do i have like what costume do i have and i had a pencil <laughs> right. costume do you remember any of the jokes from that set tell uh, us a joke tell us a joke <laughs> i think i like w- opened with uh, anyone else feel like their life is in shavings <laughs> like nothing's going according to stencil <laughs> My dad's like, when I was your age, I still had most of my eraser. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like that one, I started with what costume would be the easiest. And it happened to be a pencil, so I just wrote pencil stuff. (laughs) Like, I guess it was kind of difficult to like get going on it. Like, to, like, specify your antenna to, like... I guess, for me, I'm always such, like, a... Like, I have all sorts of ideas, and none of them actually seem to fit, Mm -hmm. like, the the certain thing that I'm working on. I get very distracted. So, So it's basically, like, the last day before, like, (laughs) you and I wrote... Where I was, like, running stuff by you. Yeah. And... It ended up working out. It was a fun one. I like that because, like, even though I have a hard time with doing it, like, it's still very fun to, like, write from a different perspective and, like, try new things. Like, doing, um, I did, like, a roast battle where, like, everyone had to be an artist. So people were, like, um, Van Gogh and Michelangelo and stuff. Yeah, there was a there was a Da Vinci. Uh, that was the one I was Walt Disney for because I couldn't oh, pick yeah. who to be, and someone in the group was like, um, "Just be Walt Disney or something." And like, okay, <laughs> okay. That one I put a lot more. I didn't really have much time. Well, because I waited so long to choose like who I was gonna be that by the time I decided. You waited I, too long to choose your essay topic. Yeah. By the time I was trying to write the essay, you're <laughs> so far behind. Then all I all I could do was figure out how to look like Walt Disney at that point. <laughs> and so then my whole set was improvised. Mm-hmm. And I just went through like every each person, each other person, and was like, I'm uh so and so and this is Disney Channel and <laughs> like did the wand did thing. how they would do the wand thing. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, do you like every now and then having that little bit of structure applied just I, to challenge you? Yeah, but not all the time. <laughs> yeah, not all the time. Hmm. Or maybe I don't know. Like I think I don't know. I don't know. Like I guess each time, like you could say, like. Seems like in the when moment you, you maybe bit, don't like it, but in hindsight, yeah. maybe you're like, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> like if it wasn't just like, do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> if only they I gave f- you like a month to prepare and then you did, but then didn't think of anything until the day before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Charlie Brown with hair, I was going to be a blue marker. <laughs> and then I go, the day before I went to make my costume and the lady at Joanne's was unhelpful. 
The lady at unnamed fabric store in Omaha on 84th and L. Like, so I got this stuff. I'm, here's how I'm thinking of making my marker costume. I'm going to wrap this fabric around my face. And I have a blue bucket at home that'll be the lid. And when I go up, I'll take off the lid and I'll have this. So it'll be like the actual marker part. But I'm just, um, just kind of looking around, seeing what there is at this point. I think I have it figured out, though. And she's like, oh, don't wrap that around your face. That's ridiculous. <laughs> You're like, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's That's the point. <laughs> I would just get some of this foam, make it the marker, and then make a hat for the lid. And I'm like, no, that w- I don't want to look like a person in a marker costume. <laughs> I want to look like a talking marker. <laughs> I'm going all in on this. And then she took out the stuff I had from my hands. Was oh. like, "You're not doing this. It's oh not even gosh. worth it for a two-minute bit." That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go up to the register, and they're like, "Oh, when is this? When do you even need this by? Tomorrow?" <laughs> oh, of course, men. <laughs> That's just rude. <laughs> yeah. And so then I went as Charlie Brown with hair. (laughs) A natural pivot. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be a blue marker. What's the next closest thing? Hmm, Charlie Brown with hair. And I didn't want anyone to think it was like a last minute Charlie Brown. Because I would not do that. Okay, but then. (laughs) It was specifically Charlie Brown with hair. Right. Like a different character. Like from specials like... It's called Shampoo and Conditioner in Separate Bottles, Charlie Brown with Hair. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Making Your Own Haircut Appointments, Charlie Brown with Hair. (laughs) It's being an adult, Charlie Brown with Hair. It's not a real beard, Charlie Brown, with hair. <laughs> Is it a school shooting, Charlie Brown? With okay. Hair? okay. We, yeah, we can cut that one out. Let's stop there. <laughs> Is, it, Is it a school shooting? Yeah. Gee. And then I told the story about what happened at Joanne's. That's perfect. <laughs> and doing the employee's voice like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> So then what happened? And then the punchline, like the whole thing ended with, and I'm walking out of Joanne's with cardboard and no blue fabric because I'm Charlie Brown with hair. (laughs) And then what happened at the Halloween party we went to? Oh, (laughs) oh, fucking shit. (laughs) He was like in the clear. He's like, you know what? It wasn't bad. Then we go to this Halloween party. (laughs) There was another Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so everyone's like it was it wasn't there it was a couple of one of them was here's Snoopy the thing i was wearing a pink shirt with blue zigzag tape that i put on very poorly <laughs> this is like blue painter's tape <laughs> so i don't know like i was frustrated by everyone being like oh you're charlie brown like no i'm charlie brown with hair <laughs> Like people were like, "Oh, you should go talk to the other Charlie Brown." They're not the other <laughs> Charlie Brown with hair. They're Charlie Brown original. 
The other person had like a bald cap on and like, yeah. like they had gone all in on this yeah, thing. Yeah, they had a, a yellow cap, shirt with y- brown yeah, bald stripes. cap with a drawn little squiggly hairline thing. Like they went all in and you're like, I, well, I'm not even trying to be the same character. <laughs> I wasn't. They're like, no, you should go talk to them. And they like walk past at some point like, what the hell are you supposed to be? <laughs> Well, it was also cold, and I had my oh, uh, yeah. my uh, drug rug on, and so everyone's like, <laughs> you're a stoner for Halloween. You're like, for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dressed as the dude from the Big Lebowski, so we looked like a great little couple there. Uh, so, But in that moment, you just had to share your work? It's like, nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have no choice. Okay, so you seem to have a commitment to just like sharing it in the moment. That we don't have. And like I know I know Reed and I have talked about like if I if I don't have a structure that's kind of forcing me to like share my work, we might still make it. Mm-hmm. We might not, but we might still right. make work as we like we tend to make work almost every day. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee we're not sharing it. Right. Unless right. there's that structure that kind of forces us to be in the moment. So I think I'm jealous that Ross has that. But again, it's like you do have to prepare for that. You have to build mm-hmm. up to that. Do you think, Reed, that you'll get to a point where you can just say, doesn't matter if I have a show lined up, this is work I need to share this well, year? Well, I think, I, I think yes. Yes. Um, Good. But I find myself sharing work that's not for a show more than I find myself sharing work that's for something specific. Well, when you say sharing work, you just mean like online? Well, yeah. And like I tell people about it, but yeah, when there's a, a specific series or show in mind, that's when it, like I'll, I'll promote it. But like I'll, I'll create something and post pictures about it and show other people, but I don't get super excited about it. So I don't I don't know how Do you get super excited about anything? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good question. It's a very good question. Um I don't know. I don't know. Well Yeah. I guess what I'm thinking about is like sharing work in the sense of physically displaying it and trying to sell it. Mm. It seems like maybe we're both not very good at that. Oh, especially if yeah. it's not part of a show. I know we're not good at it. It doesn't mean we don't do it though. Well, what's what's let's unpack that as Ross. Um, what's the hold up? Fear of failure is mine. Yeah, just the had <laughs> that, that on deck. <laughs> I huh? was ready. Damn. Just the Let me talk about fear. No. I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's for me it's a fear or just an assumption of failure like like what like why why try why put in the work if I know that it's not gonna go as well what does that mean though like, people aren't gonna like it or well, it's not just look like, how you want it or what it's like why go through the process of finishing this framing it and then pricing it if no one's gonna buy it so it's about selling it yeah well like if hmm. like that was that's not the intention that's for most of the work I do it's not but once it gets to sharing the work. It becomes right. It becomes, yeah. What's the point of going? What's the point of paying twenty dollars to release this music right. if no one's gonna listen to it? Do you have that? No, I'm just trying to like relay. It's like you just have to you have to do it for yourself. Now everyone will listen to John's music. 
Right. Well, we know yeah. that. There's no. Yeah, he's totally. got no problem with that. No, I'm just. I'm just. I can totally relate to it. It's like, I just totally know what that's like. It's that feeling of why am I doing this if, if I'm going to get ten listens yeah. or you know no one's actually going to care about mm-hmm. this. But 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 that's. Open mic if it's. Why go to the open mic if it's only comedians? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's to hone your craft. It's to get better. And every every right. piece of work you share is going to be better than the next one. And mm-hmm. um, you get more comfortable with it. And right, you're going to learn things along the way. Like, kind of just pull it back to the point we talked about earlier. It's like creating, cr- forcing yourself to create art for a theme or in a specific time frame might be stressful in the moment, but you're going to learn so much from it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I it's think a it's, challenge. That, that well, it's, it's a great challenge. Yeah. Like, it goes, it goes back to Seth Godin's, uh, shipping creative, the practice shipping mm-hmm. creative work is like, you have to create for somebody else. Otherwise, like what's the, what's the point? Like if you're not, if you're not creating work for other people to see, then it's, simply just a hobby like you're not going to get anywhere with it i think so if your goal is to get somewhere with it you have to send it it out out to other people yeah Yeah. whether it was created with them in mind or not yeah i think a lot of creatives and artists also forget that or don't acknowledge sometimes that creating anything really is like a beautiful thing to do like Mm -hmm. it's human expression yeah and in that book, I think he's is the word he uses the word generous. I believe he says it's a generous mm. act to share your work, and it really is. It like is, yeah. we all are experiencing life through our own lens, and you may not be creating something totally unique, but it's but, still something that wasn't there before, right? And, and it's coming so from you. Special about that, it didn't exist previously, and now you have created it on this strange journey you're on yeah. and to share that with other people who are on their own strange journeys it's beautiful isn't it and like <laughs> i always go back to like connection like the small connection you can have even if it's just oh i made something too i also make stuff and yeah. people value that so much more than i think we remember so then it's like why am i even doing this yeah well it's partly that it's partly because that's how you're able to express yourself but then to really actually go all in on sharing your work is really challenging because what if what if you don't connect with anybody? What if hmm. it doesn't land? But if you're creating something and you feel that it is, again, quote unquote, complete and ready to share, like that's your responsibility to do it. You have to you have to share it or it's a waste. Like no one will ever yeah. see it. It's why did you even make it? Right. I have a question for you, Ben. Oh, no. About just like, because I know you do client work, and I think you're one of the, I don't want to speak for Ree, but I don't really do client work outside of soundscapes for AC, which isn't mm-hmm. client work. I don't know if Ree does any client work well, for people. I mean, it's that same kind of thing. You're it's saying yeah. I'm a sellout. No, I'm not saying you're a sellout. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that that's a whole different I type create, of sharing your work. Yeah, I just create information pages yeah. for shows that yeah. our Which look phenomenal, our company. Well, I think produces. Thank you, John. Yeah. Thank so I was just curious, like, what, what's that divide between? Is there, if there is any, is there a difference between creating work for your own show and just that the confidence of, of sharing it with a client or sharing it with yourself? Like, like, what's that? What's the difference between yeah. creating client work for somebody and sharing it with them, and then creating your own personal work and sharing it at a, at a gallery? I think that. I think this is kind of like. It's the equivalent of like 
the difference between I'm just going to create something to create it versus there's like this deadline or there's this performance I have to do or there's this exhibition I have. But even more so. And when I was younger, well, I guess I always kind of worry, like, is the thing I'm making going to be what the client wants? And that, that that's it shouldn't go away because obviously you want to make the thing, you want to execute their vision or create something. If maybe, if maybe they don't have a vision, you want to execute your own vision that fits what they need. So in order to share that work with them, you really, really have to trust yourself. And that is like one of the most challenging things in the world. But I've, it took until like the past couple of years to kind of realize and having heard other professionals speak about this and done a lot of research into it, everyone kind of says like, you have to be the expert. Mm. So whether it's a paid thing or just as an artist, as a comedian, as a music producer, you have to say, well, I am the expert. So I have to do this work and trust myself to do the work. That doesn't necessarily make it easier to share it, but maybe that mentality can help you kind of know like, well, I've created this as it needs to be. If there is, you know, an end goal that you're working towards, you know, how do you balance like that versus the creative product product yeah. or the process? So if I'm like designing branding for a client, I know what that end goal is supposed to be. And I can, it's kind of like a puzzle. I can find the end. I can challenge myself to figure it out. If it's like an exhibition, I'm creating something to share my art. It's so much more freeing because it's like, I can just kind of do whatever. But there's still that hint of like, well, I kind of know where I want it to end up. Especially if it's like a predetermined theme or something. And I can kind of say, okay, this painting or whatever kind of matches the theme that I had in mind or this vision I had. But it's it's definitely a, a completely different experience than like creating something for a client. Mm. I want to hammer home the, you have to trust yourself. I think that point that you brought up is so, so important for any creative looking to share their work. Like you have to trust yourself and you kind of have to be cocky in your abilities and be like, this is, I am the expert. Like you said, like I am the expert and I trust myself that this is good enough and add, it's good enough to share. And it's, you know, it's like the generous Mm -hmm. act thing. Like I think that trusting yourself is so important. I actually wanted to hammer that. That's another thing that, uh, Seth Godin writes in his book is reassurance is futile. Like there, you don't need it. If you're looking for a reassurance, you're already, you're no longer trusting yourself that mm-hmm. what you're doing is worthwhile. Uh, I will, I will uh, add real quick. I'll, I'll do a little pitch for Exarban Creative real quick, but um, I do think that's one of the things I like about what Exarban Creative has become is that, it's a place, it's an entity where you can kind of come in and say, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. And in those moments where you forget to trust yourself, you're surrounded by other people who have the same struggle. Mm-hmm. And they can be like, what are you talking about? You are a producer. What are you, what are you, what's, what's the worry here, John? And you're like, oh, that's right. I am a goddamn producer. You know, like just having that kind of community to fall back on a community of other everyone here has imposter syndrome you know and it's like if you can continually be reminded that you know you are the expert and you can continue to create i think that's very helpful if it's just if it's a matter of 
like I think we know people who are very, very confident in what they do and they maybe don't do that much, but they get by because people are like, wow, they're so confident in what they do. Mm-hmm. And we're all kind of like, well, we might do a lot and it might be incredible, but we don't have the confidence all the time to share it. So finding that balance is really challenging because you don't want to become too cocky that people don't like you, but you do have to have a little bit of a swagger about it, you know, a confidence to share your work and just like we talk about all the time people come into the shop and they're like oh is this a print you made and we're like oh yeah i guess we'll be over here drinking <laughs> oh i was gonna i was gonna b- buy it buy the print never mind okay <laughs> you gotta own it you can be the expert <laughs> are we uh are we, how are we doing on time is that my time is that my time we're coming up on an hour um so i guess if anyone has any closing statement i think my biggest takeaway it's kind of also just good to hear this again it's like to really trust yourself and mm-hmm. yeah I, that whole everything ben just said there and also what um quoting from i can't remember the book the practice the practice i mean i guess read the practice because i mean it sounds like there's <laughs> some phenomenal stuff in there mm-hmm. especially if you're struggling with the confidence and and actually putting your work out there but I don't know. That, that trust yourself thing is really just going to hit home for me uh, personally. So I don't really have any closing statements outside of trust yourself and, and be confident in your work. Yeah. Um, and share your work. Yeah. Uh, take take a uh, note from Austin Cleon and show your work. His his second book. Um, so what if like if no one sees it? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, show it. I've then maybe maybe somebody that really really needed to see it or wants to see it will yeah um and if people don't like it usually they're not going to say anything about it like that's a really good point what uh what it shouldn't be worried um so in talking with artists lately i've kind of formulated this idea that like because i think i think if we share something and it doesn't land it doesn't do whatever it is we think it's going to do we see it as maybe a waste or like nothing's been built there. But I think in reality, all artists and creatives are, it's like we're building this set of stairs and some steps might be really small and rickety, but it's still a step, you know? And the more of those steps you start to build onto it, you can start adding stronger, bigger steps. And like, it might take longer than you think to get to the, top of the stairs but you're still building something it's not like it's just disappearing so every time you show or share your work it is a value even if it's just the value is just to share it because if you never share it you're never going anywhere i'm just thinking about how i almost fell down the steps last night that's (laughs) that's all i can think about (laughs) i i would say like um like one thing i always keep in mind is there's always another there's always another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like there's always an open mic tomorrow mm-hmm. or there's always the next show. You can bomb this one. But yeah. There's one tomorrow too. And nobody's going to remember it. Or even if they do, they're not going to care. Yeah. Like either the audience is going to forget about you as soon as you walk off the stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like by the time you turn the corner into the next room, our next comedian yeah. coming to the stage. That's what that's what I love about it is, like, we're in a constant like, everyone's trying to break through the clutter. 
I say mm-hmm. just be a part of the clutter sometimes. Or like don't like worry so much about breaking through the clutter, but just keep chipping away. Keep doing what you do day after day and yeah. learn. Yeah. And it'll find who like who who wants it will find it. And yeah. also like there's always you can you don't have to like no you're never going to be fired from it. Right. Like unless it's like a client or something. But like John can always keep producing music even if one song is a bit dog. <laughs> and <laughs> and you can delete posts. Right. Uh it's very like you just have to trust yourself. You have to forgive yourself mm-hmm. when you feel you failed. Mhm. Uh, pick yourself back up. Why do we fall? <laughs> Why do we fall, Mr. Wayne? <laughs> pick ourselves back up. But I, yeah. I think our society of, of instant gratification forgets that, though. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, this one, the first show I ever had didn't make me famous. Yeah, I'm yeah. done for. But that's a really good point. Trust yourself. Keep working. Keep sharing your work. Yeah. And this, this beer is making me want a pretzel. Well... <laughs> So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to me at this far. I really do appreciate it. Ben, do you have any promotion, any AC stuff we want to promote? Folks? You can always check out exarbancreative.com. Yeah. And buy our zine. Buy the zine. Or other fine art and artist prints. Maybe check out the Studio 62 page and see yeah. our upcoming events. Yeah. There should be something. Good, good call. Anyway, you can always stop by uh, Studio 62 or AC at Trudy's uh, on First Friday in Benson. Make yes. a stop, see some art, share your work, trust yourself. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>